all our existence could disappear if we don't look really for a new approach, a new approach of managing the transboundary basin without the tension and the conflicts that are actually applying. And we can state that water could link the people together, the countries together. I have the pleasure to welcome to Elianep's series of podcasts, Professor of Applied Hydrology, Fadi Komer. He's a Senior Policy Advisor in Elianep and Director of Energy, Environment, Water and Research Center in the Cyprus Institute. We will discuss a very difficult, I would say, issue, an issue that we don't know a lot of things, and that is hydro diplomacy. Diplomacy based on our need for water. Professor Komer, please explain to us the concept of hydro diplomacy. Thank you so much. Uh, first, I'm very happy uh, to be here today at uh, the kind invitation of Elia Map Media Office. And uh, I'm really very concerned about uh, water conflict and water peace. This is a big challenge that we are going to, to face, especially that uh, uh, all the studies that we have uh, performed at the Cypress Institute within the climate change initiative shows that agriculture is the first sector which will collapse uh, uh, and uh, which will be impacted from the climate change. And this is why hydro diplomacy is a very vital issue, especially uh, concerning the countries and riparian countries that share the main transboundary water and the Mediterranean basin. So hydro diplomacy is really a new form of governance which seeks to implement peace on water among the riparian countries. It's a tool at the service of the construction of peace and to build a new form of government, the ambition to build peace as a process of prevention conflicts through mediation and through negotiation based on three major uh, component. The first component is the technical component, and then it follows the institutional component, and then we have the diplomatic and political component. So the main objective of hydro diplomacy is to push away the tension at the basin level by turning water into a catalyst for peace and not also a source of conflict. Then we need to secure water. We need to secure water resources for the new generation and supply for the present and future demand management in accordance with the principle of sustainable development based on some you know, laws, international laws that the international community has put among our hand, which are the UN conventions, for equitable sharing and reasonable use of transboundary water. That is the UN Convention of 1992, which concerns Europe, and the UN Convention of 1996, which concerns the whole world. And with this guidance, we can create then regional economic development dynamics between the countries by integrating the water energy food nexus that could connect different interaction, different factor of the economy and the social development of the riparian countries. So in order to achieve the hydro diplomacy, we need to mobilize. 
the technical expertise. We need to mobilize scientists. We need to mobilize hydrologists. We need to mobilize water engineers. And also we need to mobilize diplomats so that all of the scientists and diplomatic community could start talking together the same language. How are we going to reach a fair and reasonable use of water and achieve a situation of mutual success, win-win situation between the riparian countries? Professor Comer, but isn't that a, a too big a challenge in the 21st century? We see is the climate crisis, military conflicts, the war in Ukraine. I mean, we see everywhere conflict. Do you think that water is something and hydro diplomacy can overcome these conflicts? It's a very good question. Let me let me tell you that uh, really with the climate change initiative that the Cyprus Institute has launched, we have endorsed the hydro diplomacy partnership program with Eliamet, the first World Water Day conference that we organized at the Cyprus Institute last year in March 2022. But on the framework of the Hydro-Diplomacy Partnership Program, we thought about also using water for peace and rather than water for war. So it's vital to think that we are going to face major and huge problems, not only from the military, because the military conflict will generate what? Will generate migrants, will generate poverty, and all these items will go to seek water, to seek water on different countries in order to secure food. Because the issue of the nexus is highly important. Water is linked to food, and water and food are linked to energy. And here comes the problem of energy. Believe me, the mismanagement of water on transboundary basin, and I can speak after 20 years of experience about that, we can now feel that there is big agony on the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea is going to disappear, and it's one of the major cultural heritage. The Aral Sea has already disappeared, and, and all our existence could disappear if we don't look really for a new approach, a new approach of managing the transboundary basin without the tension and the conflicts that are actually applying. And we can state that water could link the people together, the countries together. Let me start by a few examples, if you don't mind. Uh, we have a recent example is the example of the Renaissance Dam which is constructed on the Nile Basin, Blue Nile Basin. And it starts creating tension between Egypt, Ethiopia, and Sudan. And, and the water are really actually highly important for the food security of the three countries. And also energy are highly important uh, as issues, major issues for the energy security of the three countries. But we cannot deprive water for the downstream countries in order only to produce energy. So we need to find an equilibrium for the nexus of water, energy, and food 
so that the three countries won't be able to face scarcity, to face food shortage, and to face energy shortage. So hydro diplomacy and, and the nexus is a new concept. And this concept is a global problem that we are facing and is linked to also the secure the interconnection of the water-related problem led by the development of large-scale project in the country. So in view of what I have mentioned, it is really important to make a quick and effective change in the manner in which water is managed on transboundary basin and energy is managed on transboundary basin also. So why seeking conflict where we have the international laws, we have the basin, river basin organization that we could create in order to put all the stakeholders around the same table and speak the same language, the language of the scientists, the language of how to secure water for the future generation, and how to ensure the economical and social development of the countries. So I feel it's a vital issue that all the country should now uh, uh, work in order to implement the Hydrogen Diplomacy Partnership Program. And we are, with the Cyprus Institute and ELIAMAP, we are seeking to develop guidelines for the transboundary basin management. We are seeking to develop also awareness and to develop executive forces for the water leaders, for the diplomats, for the politicians, how to conduct negotiation on these vital, very critical issues and how to conduct capacity building, to know how to use those guidelines, how to use the international law in order to implement peace among the countries. So, Professor, uh, you are optimistic. I mean, um, we see that uh, till now water conflicts and food security uh, are affecting the economic and social stability and in Europe and of the Mediterranean region and of Africa. You talked about uh, Africa. Do you think that that will not happen even more in the next years, but with hydro diplomacy, things will get better? Are you uh, optimistic well, or... Uh, you are not very sure if, if the countries will work through hydro diplomacy, if I can say it like well, that. Well, I'm optimistic because I have conducted 20 years of mediation and negotiation on transboundary water and, uh, and UNESCO, which is a major, major uh, organization of the UN and the objective of UNESCO is seeking peace, has called uh, for writing a book in 2015 on science diplomacy, hybrid diplomacy, the Orontes River Basin case. And it was a case where we have implemented hydro diplomacy on a very critical subject between Lebanon, Syria, and Turkey. So even if the world is under pressure, actually, due first to the climate crisis, second to the political and military conflict, you're right, which are generating mass population transfer, 
displacing communities in the context of the growing demand for water and the growing demand for energy. And we are actually living in Europe. We are all impacted by the energy shortage and the food shortage. And after we'll be impacted by the water shortage. So in parallel to all these problems, a holistic approach and sound water demand management of transboundary water basin will be further complicated if extreme event will occur from climate change. And climate change will change all the hydrological system of the river basin and mainly the transboundary river basin. And when you have several riparian countries that will face water shortage, they will face also internal security problem in their land. So this is why a clear legal framework with solid agreements between riparian countries through hydro diplomacy should therefore be proposed with resilient program and comprehensive policies. All this has been submitted and launched through the hydro diplomacy partnership program that the Cyprus Institute and Eliamat worked together for more than two years in order to implement this program, seeking well, resolution a, between countries. Uh, Professor Comer, um, have you talked also with the European Union? Because as uh, I listen now to you, I understand that this may be also a solution, not a solution, but maybe it will halt in some cases even um, the migration flows. So is the European Union somewhat involved in this um, uh, hydro diplomacy um, work? It is an excellent question because the European Union has created the UN Convention of the European countries for water, and it is based in Geneva. And the convention, UNICE Convention for Transboundary Water was were signed in 1992, and it was applied on the Danube River in, in Europe. And the Danube River is the best example of hydro diplomacy for Europe between several riparian states which are, I think, 11 countries, uh, starting from uh, Australia, Austria, Bulgaria, Croatia, Czech Republic, Germany, Hungary, Moldavia, Romania, Slovakia, and Slovenia, and Ukraine, and the European community. So there is a secretariat, permanent secretariat in Geneva uh, uh, that is really applying the UNICE Convention, not only on the Danube River, but on all the transboundary river of Europe, at the Rhine River, as the Rhone River, at the Sava River, and all Brin River, all the, the international river of Europe. So Europe is already engaged in the peace process for water. But what hydro diplomacy gives more? Hydro diplomacy gives more attention to the scientific component. The scientific component is highly important because we are facing a major crisis of climate change and it will impact the water by having less than 30% 30 30 
of the whole discharge of transboundary water that we have in Europe, in Africa, and in the Middle East. And this component, the scientific component, when it is led by the hydrologists and the engineers, they could plan for innovative solution, engineering solution for agriculture. Why? Because agriculture consume about 80% of the renewable water of the South Mediterranean state and 60% of the Northern Mediterranean countries. So by promoting new technology for agriculture, by promoting non-conventional water, this could be a new application of the scientific component for the transboundary countries so that hydro diplomacy could rely on science and then could move to another aspect, which is the institutional component by creating river basin authorities, as is the case in Europe. You have the Danube River Basin uh, Commission and the other commission. So what we are seeking is to make the same for the Tigris and Euphrates, is to make the same for the Jordan River Basin, to put all the riparian countries around one table through a regional agency and discuss together, and for the Nile Basin to do the same also. So this was done in Europe. It was a success story. And this should be done in the Southern European countries so that instead of relying on the Harman Doctrine, which is the Harman Doctrine, which is a, an approach for the complete sovereignty of a transboundary basin, rather than sharing water and cooperation with the riparian country. So we need to push boiling water. We need to push the Harman Doctrine away. And we need to erase the concept of the absolute sovereignty of the mind of the riparian country and apply cooperation and implement hydro diplomacy, mobilizing technical, institutional, and the diplomatic expertise in order to achieve what we call the integrated water resource management. IWRM is highly important, but actually not alone. We need to link IWRM with the nexus also, because without energy, without the food, we won't be able to achieve equitable and reasonable use of water and to achieve mutual success and the win-win situation between shared water basin and riparian country. It's a first step that we need to implement. It's purely technical. Technical, it means that engineers has to share the scientific data among the riparian countries of the transboundary given basin so that we can propose technological tools which are very welcome in order to build water database, to produce simulation for future demand water management. It's very important to produce this simulation so that the political leader would know that without this scientific water-based solution, they won't be able to apply 
governance and good governance on transboundary water. So bridging science with governance on transboundary basin is really essential. And these changes will provoke really a, a, a bridging collaboration and cooperation so that we can arrive one day to ensure an effective and optimal management of shared water resources among Bipedian country and remove the tension at the basin level, turning water for a catalyst of peace. This is what we are, we are seeking. It's highly important, but it needs big will, scientific will, political will, and also it needs also a uh, 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 big will to impose peace. Unfortunately, the war in Ukraine affected energy supply and reshaped the energy world due to the price volatility, supply shortage, and economic uncertainty. So in addition to this, the war in Ukraine forced many countries to rethink their energy policies and energy production to shift to renewable resources. And this is what we are offering as a model uh, at the Cyprus Institute through the Climate Change Initiative. We are offering a model to shift to renewable resources in order to become more independent from the energy input. So it goes without saying that this phenomenon of conflict that we are encountering in Europe could be dealt with hydro diplomacy globally. Thank you so much. Thank you for this discussion. And we will be talking again so to see how uh, this initiative is going and uh, if uh, enough governments are listening to you uh, and your ideas about resolving conflicts and maybe um, even halting uh, migration if people can live in their own lands. Thank, Thank you so you much. So much. Thank, Thank you very you so much. much. Thank you. Thank you.